Good to be in the house of God this morning. Welcome to those of you who are aligned with this morning. Um, I want to welcome you and uh, thank you for joining us and worshiping uh, with us today. Just a few quick things uh, before I get going. I just want, uh, you know, we've got some parents out here that have some little kids, and I'm always asked for devotions for kids. And so I just wanted to share something with you out there. It's called Keys for Kids. Uh, you can actually go online and you can get this devotion, but we have them here at our church free for parents with children. And it's a daily devotional that you can sit down and read with your kids. So it's a great resource. I uh, wanted just to let you know that we have that out there for you. And uh, for online, you can check that out there as well. Now also, we have a quiz meeting, not a meeting as in a quiz meet, but meeting to tell you some information. For those who have kids that would like to join us for quizzing, that's gonna happen next week after our service in the uh, kids area and the in the back in the kids' cafe. So I just wanted to share those couple things with you while I had the chance to be able to do that. You know, we have been uh, in this uh, study uh, where we have been talking about uh, faithful living in a world of fear. And if you remember, Pastor Tim talked about in the first week where we could, we could live faithfully and, and even though God is going to give us trials, whenever he talked about Job and, and the trials that Job went through, and how God tested his faith. And he took everything that Job had, but in the end, and we, if you remember, uh, Pastor Tim said, hold on, your, your verse 42 is coming, right? And we talked about how Job received all that he had taken away, and he received that even more. And then last week, Pastor Trevor talked with us about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and about living a faithful life in the world of fear and in an exile and how the people of God were being, um, were being persecuted, and how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they decided that they were going to hold on to their faith, and they were going to take uh, the things that God had allowed, the challenges that God had allowed them, and they were going to use their faith, and they were going to be a testimony to the world around them, and they were not going to bow down to, those, to that idol. And so we learned about them and how faithful living can be a witness to, to those around you. And so this morning, I want to continue to talk about faithful living in a world of fear and talk to you about the hard yes. Now, this morning, you didn't wake up from your corona coma and, and find out that you've only got five days of shopping until Christmas, right? But I believe that the story of Mary and Joseph reaches far beyond just the miracle birth of the Savior to the world. I believe that it's a story about a relationship that was put to the test. It's a, it's a story about a couple's faith that was put to the test. It's a story about a young teenage girl who was asked to usher in the Savior of the world in a way that had never been done before and will never be done again. And it's about the test and the story of a young man who was asked to believe an unbelievable event. Both of these people were faced with the hard yes. Now, I don't know if any of you couples out there, married couples out there, or maybe you engaged couples, you remember that, that engagement bliss, 
right? You remember all of those wonderful things, that, that, that person that you were dating. Men, you remember that wonderful woman that you were dating and how the adorable things that she did just made you smile. And women, you remember the wonderful, adorable things that your husband now did that you just thought were so amazing and adorable but aren't quite so adorable now. <laughs> Some of them unbutton their button, I think, right? Engagement is a beautiful thing, but I think for Mary and Joseph, engagement, their engagement was a little bit tougher than probably any engagement has ever been. For some of you, your engagement was really short. My wife and I, we, were, we met, we dated for two months, we were engaged for six months, and we were married. I just knew that I knew. And she did marry me, so <laughs> no laughing on that one. Yeah, okay, they're with you on that, right? No, it was, so it was very short. Now, there are some of you out there whose engagement has been really long, and it's time for you to put a ring on it or something, you know, All right? All right, so engagement, though, for Mary and Joseph was, was different than the engagement. Now, their, their engagement was more like what our wedding ceremony might be. You see, there were, there were gifts exchanged between the bride and the groom or the engaged couple. And at this point, for anyone to break off that engagement, it would mean for them that they would actually have to go through the legal, formal process of divorce. And this is where our story starts. In Matthew chapter one, verse 18 is where our story starts. And it says, his mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. Now, I just wanna stop right there, just, just for a minute. And I want to warn you about something. I want to warn you that God is setting you up. God is going to set you up. Yes, that's right, you heard me right. And what I mean by that is there are going to be days when God is going to set your day up to either grow it, and by that I mean grow in your faith, or he's going to give you an opportunity to blow it. And whenever you blow it, I think we've all had those days whenever you say, man, I wish I could have that day back. Now let me pull into a little rest stop, a little rest stop right there, okay? If it has been a while since you have been tested, I want you to know that you need to be on your guard. If it has been a while since you've had to say a hard yes lately because you don't feel like God has really been challenging you, I want you to know you need to be on guard because the devil could be fattening you up. And I believe so much that we miss so many of God's richest blessings in our lives because we don't want to say yes to the hard things. We're fearful of them. We pass up challenges and we pass up stuff that we can't do on our own. And we pass up the things that we feel like we don't have control over. So here's a question that you should be asking yourself. 
Here's a question that I should be asking myself. How do I say the hard yes? How do we say yes to the challenges that God has put in front of us? How do you say yes to the challenge that God has put in front of you? And how do we say yes to letting go of the things that we can't control and holding on to faith? Well, I think that the story of Mary and Joseph has some answers for us. Now, the first step in saying the hard yes is this. We need to acknowledge the challenge. We need to look at the challenge square in the face and we need to know that it is there. We need to acknowledge it. Now, Matthew doesn't waste any time in pointing out the elephant in the room. He says in verse 18 of chapter one, Mary was found to be pregnant. Now, we know from Luke chapter one that Mary left just a few days after the angel Gabriel came and had a big gender reveal party with Mary, right? And he said, hey, you're having a baby boy. And we know that after that, just a few days later, she went to go see her cousin Elizabeth, who by that time was five months pregnant with John the Baptist. Which means that when Mary was found to be pregnant, after three months, she had a little bit of a baby bump. Now, it may not have been that obvious, um, and, and I don't want to make Mary's pregnancy sound like an issue. Because every year, families gather around the trees, or we're here in the church, and we sing sweet songs away in a manger, and, and silent night, and kids dress up as Joseph, and girls dress up as Mary, and put the little balloon under there, and you know, has her little belly right there. I don't want to make it sound like it was an issue, but the thing is, for Mary and Joseph at that time, at that day, it really was. It wasn't like Mary's pregnancy was going to become any less obvious. Now the term that they use, uh, the term used to, for the word found is, is a term not to say that Mary was trying to hide her pregnancy. It's, it's more like whenever she came back Elizabeth from Elizabeth's house and Joseph kind of looks at her and he goes, man, Mary, how much pie did you eat at Elizabeth's? Right? So it wasn't a big thing, and we know that because the Bible tells us that Joseph had decided to divorce her quietly. So that, that tells us that it wasn't something maybe that the whole town knew. Maybe the families didn't even know because Joseph says he decides to divorce her in secret. Now, let's go back and let's put yourself in Mary's shoes three months ago, when God, who hadn't spoke to, the, to Israel in over 400 years, decides to burst in on the scene, sending an angel to her and telling Mary of God's plan to usher in the savior of the world through a baby that she was going to have in a way that nobody had ever had before. 
But the thing is, is that Mary's obedience was so instantaneous. For Mary, it was a hard yes. Not as, and it was hard for her to say yes, but it was a hard yes, like an absolutely. Because we read in Luke chapter one, verse 38, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. So for Mary, it was a hard yes for her. Now, I can't imagine though the thoughts that went through her head as she was walking back from Elizabeth's house, back to Nazareth, some 80 miles. I can hardly get my kids to walk a mile to go get ice cream. But she had to walk 80 miles back to see Joseph. And I can imagine the things that were going through her head. I mean, she was still certain of her yes. But how, how was she going to explain it to Joseph? And how was Joseph going to take it? Now let's put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Your soon-to-be wife has come back after being gone for three months, and guess what? She's pregnant. You haven't seen her for three months, and Joseph knows pretty well that it wasn't him because he's pretty sure he would remembered something like that. And to make it worse, she is telling him that this baby that is inside of her was put there by the Holy Spirit. Oh, and by the way, we've picked out a name. <laughs> it's Jesus, which means God saves. Now there are two things that Joseph could have done with what Mary told him. One, he could divorce her publicly. He could let everybody know in, the, in their town that Mary was pregnant. She came back this way. She did not, this is not my baby. And he could have disgraced her publicly, humiliated her. And back in those days, Mary could have faced being stoned to death. Now, the second thing he could have done was that he could divorce her secretly. Keep things under the radar. Don't tell people what's going on. And because Joseph was a good man, this is what he decided to do. I'll just keep it quiet. People won't know what's going on. We'll divorce her quietly. That way she can still live and that way people will also know that I'm going to keep my personal righteousness and let uh, let people know that I'm doing what God would want me to do and, and I'm not going to marry this adulterous woman. And so Joseph decided to do things quietly. But this is Mary, he's thinking to himself. I know her family. I know Mary. How could this have happened? The Holy Spirit? Oh, man, that is too far out there. And verse 20 lets us into the mind of Joseph, and it tells us that he considers his options. And the Greek word that they use for consider isn't just like he, you know, just made a, a decision, just spur of the moment. Joseph wrestled with this. 
Joseph thought about his options. Joseph thought about Mary. He thought about what he knew about Mary. How was his family going to react? How was her family going to react? For Joseph, he wrestled with it. And after he thought about it, he made that decision to divorce her quietly. But here's the thing. God had a different plan. Which brings me to my next step, which is this. You need, to, you need to say the hard yes, but then you need to leave room for God to change your plans. Isaiah says in, verse, in chapter 55, my thoughts are not like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. Now, I've got a good imagination. And so this verse is very humbling for me. It's, it's kind of like my thoughts are like this. <laughs> those are my thoughts. I like giraffes and hippos. Now those are my thoughts, but compared to God, these are what God's thoughts look like. <laughs> Way beyond anything I could ever imagine. Now one night Joseph is lying in bed and he's thinking all about what Mary had told him. And maybe his mind drifts back to the things that he has learned in the temple. You see, Joseph had been taught about a coming Messiah, a savior of his people, this mighty warrior that they expected that was going to crush their enemy. But now here was Mary telling him that the savior was going to be born through her, a baby conceived by the Holy Spirit. How was Joseph going to explain this pregnancy to his friends? How was he going to explain this to, to his family? This has never happened. Was Mary lying? What, was she hiding something? And these questions just kept pouring through Joseph's head. And then Joseph falls asleep. Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. God said through Joseph in a dream. Now, if you remember, dreams back then, people considered that a way of divine communication. They believed that the God spoke to you in vision. But in this particular case, the one and only God spoke to Joseph in a dream. And he said to Joseph, do not be afraid. And that makes you think, afraid of what? God, what is there to be afraid of? But you see, God knew Joseph's heart. He knew that Joseph was struggling with this hard yes. It wasn't quite like Mary's yes. It was a little bit harder for Joseph and Joseph was struggling. And God said to him, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, he said. And those were exactly the words that Joseph needed to hear. Do not be afraid of what people are going to say. Don't be afraid of what your family's going to think. Don't be afraid of what your friends are going to think. And don't, th don't be afraid about what people are going to think about Mary's commitment to you. And don't you worry one bit about what people are going to think about your commitment to me. Don't be afraid to finish the engagement and take Mary as your wife. Oh, 
Those were the words. That, that, was, that was a burning question that Joseph had. Don't be for How are these people going to respond to this? And Jesus said, or God said, don't you worry. But there was a second question that Joseph had. Whose baby is this? Is, is Mary telling me the truth? He wrestled with this and God says to him in this dream, the child inside of her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. That is exactly what Joseph needed to hear. God confirmed all along what Mary had been saying to him all along. Mary, Joseph, that baby is mine and he is the savior. Now the only thing harder sometimes than saying that hard yes is taking that first step in the right direction of, of following up with that hard yes. Now James, a brother of Jesus, which I love James because whenever you get to hear something from, from a brother or a sister or something, you know that's gotta be pretty tight. I mean, James is right there and he said this in James chapter two, starting at verse 14. He says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? What kind of faith? Or, I'm sorry, show it by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing. And you say, goodbye, and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? You see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Which takes me to my last step about it is whenever we say the hard yes, you've just got to go do it. Now, I could be the best heart surgeon. I could be the best out in the country, but the thing is, if I never operated on anybody in order to fix their heart, I'm a useless heart surgeon. There is, I can do no good for anybody. And it is that way with our faith. If we claim that we love Jesus and we read our Bibles and we can pray with the, with the best of them, but if there is no action behind our faith, what good is our faith doing anyone? Much less, what is good is your faith doing you? Now, when Joseph wakes up, what does he do? He goes and seals the deal with Mary. He completes the formal marriage ceremony and takes Mary home to be his wife. Now, here's the thing about God and saying yes. Just to, just to warn you a little bit, the closer you get to God, the more yeses he is going to expect you to say. Don't let that scare you. The yeses that you say to God will always be in your favor. James 1 through 2 says, it says here, consider it pure joy, 
my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, and so you clean out your ears a little bit, you say, what? Face trials of what? Many kinds? Aren't trials and, and challenges, aren't those kind of a hard thing? Well, yeah, but let me ask you this. Whenever you put in your security, who has a security system at your house? Oh, not very many. Good, I'll come by and see you later on tonight. <laughs> right? Whenever you put a security system in your house, do you, do, do you put it just on your front door? No. Do you put it on your front door and your back door and leave everything else? No. Whenever you put in a security system in your house, you put it on your front door, your back door, you put it on your windows. Some people even have glass detection sensors in their house. The point is, whenever you are securing your home, you secure your entire home. And it is that way with our faith. Whenever God works on your faith, God wants to secure the entire you. Your attitude, your thoughts, your actions, God wants to secure all of those. And you say, well, why does he do that? Well, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance which means that our faith must undergo attacks. God wants to find the weak spots in our armor. He wants us to know what those weak spots are so that we can give those to him and so that he can build up, so he can fortify those weak spots. And then we let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, lacking in nothing. Let me tell you about the hardest yes that was ever said. It's found in Matthew chapter 36, verse 39, and Jesus was in the garden and he was praying about his impending torture and crucifixion. And we find in Matthew 26, it says this, he, Jesus, went on a little further and bowed his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not yours. You see, even though Jesus was fully God, he was also fully man because he chose to come to this earth in a human body, in that little baby's body, choosing to experience all that our bodies experience, suffering, pain, exhaustion. And he knew full well that what lied ahead in the next few hours, and he was pleading with his father, God, if there's any way that we can save humanity from their sin, oh God, would you take this cup from me? Three times, Jesus went to his father and he came back with the same answer. So Jesus had to say the hard yes and choose the will of his father. You see, for Jesus, it was a hard yes because his spirit wanted to follow the path of the cross. That's the whole reason he came. He came to save you. He came to save me. So for his spirit, it was a hard yes. But for his flesh, 
that human part of him that was going to endure the torture and the suffering and the nails and the flogging for us, for me, for you, for his flesh, it was a hard yes. Because that suffering in the end would wind up taking Jesus's life. So let me tell you something to those out there who are saying that you have no one who understands your pain. In Christ Jesus, you literally, you have someone who literally walked through hell for you. He went to the devil, he took the keys of death and the grave and he snatched them right out of his hand. And he says in Revelation 1, I am the living one. I died, but look, look, I am alive forever and evermore. And there is nobody who understands your pain more than Christ. So for the couple out there who's struggling with the decision whether or not to work through your marriage and to hold it together, I want to encourage you that for saying the hard yes, God has a great and amazing journey on the other side of that hard yes for you. And for the single man or woman out there who's struggling in a dead end relationship that's not honoring God and it's not honoring you, God has an amazing journey on the other side of that hard yes of walking away from that relationship. And for the pregnant woman out there who's trying and trying to decide whether or not to keep that little baby inside of you, I want you to know that God has a fantastic purpose for you and for that precious little one on the other side of saying that hard yes to keeping that little life. But there may be some who say, oh man, I've just said no so many times. I don't know how Christ could even possibly say yes to me. And I would say to a person saying that to me, for God, you are always an easy yes. God will never turn you away. He will never leave you and he will never let you down. You know, so many times I think that we miss God's richest blessings for us because we just don't say the hard yes to his plan and his purpose for us. But I have to say this, aren't you glad that Mary said the hard yes? Aren't you glad that Joseph said the hard yes? And most of all, aren't you glad that Christ said the hard yes to dying on the cross for you and for me? So what about you out there watching here? You know, God is calling you to say yes to him. And sometimes that is the hardest yes to say because we don't know where God is going to take us. We don't know what God's going to do in our life. 
We have this fear of the unknown, but I want to tell you my personal experience is that God has never left me alone. God has always been by my side. Whenever I didn't think that I had a future, I want you to know God gave me a brand new shiny future. So there may be those out there who are saying, I just don't know if I can say yes. Well, I want to encourage you. God has a fantastic purpose for you on the other side of that hard yes. He's going to take you to places that you never thought you could go. He's going to let you bless people that you never thought you could bless. He's going to let you become something that, he, that you never thought that you could become because you take your hands off and you let Jesus take control of your life. Well, let's, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, it was a lot of years ago that you sent your son to this earth in an amazing way. And you gave us this beautiful love story between this man and this woman who said the hard yes to you and who took your plan upon their life who let go of everything that they had in control. They said that you can have complete control, Lord, because to be honest with you, we don't know how this is going to work out. We don't know what people are gonna say. God, we don't even know the next step from here. But we say yes to you. And Lord, I know that there are people that are watching today, that are here in this room that are listening that you have put in front of them a challenge. You have called them to a different place, to a better place. And Lord, they are trying to decide, do I say yes? And Lord, I pray that you will give them the courage. And believe, Lord, as I have found in my life and as many others have found in their lives, that you, whenever we say yes to you, you will continue to say yes to us. And you will never leave us. So Father, I pray for those out there listening, God, that they will let go of their fear. And you know, that's the only thing the devil has on us. He has fear and doubt. And God, you've wiped those out. In you, Lord, you have said that there is life and there is truth and the devil has no more reign because Jesus, you took those keys from him and we thank you for that. So Lord, those out there listening right now, God, I pray that they would turn their life to you. Just simply said, God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life take control. I don't know the next step. After I say this, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do whenever I walk out the door this morning. I don't know what I'm going to do whenever I go to work the next day and I tell people or they see that I'm different. But just as you told Joseph, tell them, hey, don't worry. I will be with you. Do not be afraid. I am with you. You're so good, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen.